Have you ever heard of an armchair quarterback? It means someone has an opinion but doesn't necessarily participate in the sport. But it also means that they care enough about the sport to discuss it and try to make it better. In our basketball world, we call this cardboard box seats. We see the game from afar like true fans, but we always show up with the same intensity as if we were there at the games ourselves. We don't have the money or the connections like the other talking heads on TV. But we do have some ideas which might seem too out there, and we've definitely got opinions which might change. Either way, we have fun. So come and watch the game with us from our cardboard box seats. Alright guys, we're back for another episode of Cardboard Box Seats. Thanks for listening. Nick's here. Gabe's here. Uh, we're, we're talking basketball. We're talking NBA basketball. Yeah, today's going to be a little different. We're actually, Gabe's over the phone, so you have to bear with us with that. We're figuring stuff out now that Gabe left Greenville and doesn't want to hang out with me anymore in person. So Okay, that's not true. Let's get that clear. Whatever you say. Nick, do you hear that? What are you talking about? Hear what? You don't... It sounds like... Dude, remember last time in the last episode when we were talking talking trash about Paul Pierce? Always talk trash about Paul Pierce. Yeah, but we brought up the finals game. I think that I think that really struck a nerve with him. I, I honestly think pooping Paul Pierce. Yeah, I think he's. I think honestly think he's tapped our phone. I can hear breathing. Gabe, that's our next guest. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, how could I forget? It's Josh Rodriguez. What's going on, Josh? <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? Hopefully, I wasn't about breathing too loud in the introduction. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, for our listeners, we got Josh Rodriguez here today. He's he's a podcaster and he loves NBA basketball. We reached out to him and uh, we just wanted to talk about some crazy things happening in the NBA. Josh, why don't you go ahead and give us kind of like a, a bio or an elevator speech for our listeners who aren't really familiar with you? So I am an internet TV host, uh, podcast host, and podcast producer. Uh, I'll just keep it sports related. I have my own NBA podcast called The Dime with Josh Rodriguez. You can follow it on, or you can subscribe to it on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, it's pretty much on every platform. Um, I'm also a host for Fanium Sports. I do a lot of fantasy football stuff for them. And uh, right now I'm in the middle of shooting a show for NBC, which will be on their multimedia. It won't be on TV yet, but uh, it's going to be called NBC Later, and it'll have... Rob Parker and Ryan Hollins, if you guys are familiar with the debate <laughs> world of, of basketball. So that's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. Uh, Ryan Hollins is making a lot of waves in uh, the NBA right now. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, try not to get me to say anything about that then right now. Hey, he's just trying to get his name out there. Let me tell <laughs> yeah. you what, it's working. <laughs> it's working, that's for sure. I don't know if that's what he wants, but it's working. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> You said you do a lot with fantasy football. Do yeah. you do anything with fantasy basketball? I do not. I'm actually terrible at fantasy basketball. Every time I try, I just I'm awful. Hey, that's what? us too. So yeah. Okay. Whoa, 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 that's not true. I'm. I think I'm really good at fantasy basketball. <laughs> so the thing with us, and uh, we've talked about this before on the show, is we start out really strong, and we like draft night, like we go all out. But then, mm-hmm. like after a couple of weeks, we just kind of fade out because, like, making sure your starting lineup for every game every night is, is it yep. gets pretty intense. That's exactly where I get lost in fantasy basketball, too. It's like I forget one night, and if you forget one night, you basically lose yeah. for the week if you're playing someone who's who's on it. So I, I, it's not so much I don't have the time, and I don't have the time, but it's like I, I just can't keep up every day with setting a lineup and making waiver claims, and it's, it's just too much. Oh, yeah. Honestly, that's kind of like my strategy. I, I just I just hope everyone forgets to reset their lineups, <laughs> and I think it's worked thus far. He's come back like halfway through the season and updated his lineups while everyone else has forgotten, deleted the app, and Gabe's still winning. 
Yeah, I feel like half of fantasy basketball is just showing up. Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. So let's go ahead and dive straight into the basketball. Um, Josh, I'd be interested to hear your takes on the free agency. What, what do you think about that? It was pretty wild. It was insanely wild. It was the best offseason, I think, of any sport. I mean, I could even add football or baseball. I mean, I don't remember any offseason where it was this crazy. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I feel like the Clippers are the big winners because they got an NBA champion in Kawhi Leonard, and then on top of that, got Paul George to go over to them. So it was it was a crazy free agency. As a Knicks fan, I'm kind of depressed, but as a basketball fan, I'm kind of happy. And I think it goes without saying the Clippers definitely won. What was the strategy? Do you... Do you have any inside information on the Knicks? What were, what were they doing drafting all those power forwards? Well, I think what they were doing is, is trying to get pieces to trade by either this trade deadline or next deadline. That's why they signed everybody to two-year deals. It's not so much that they want to keep these players for the future. The only one I think they want to keep is Julius Randle. But if you notice, like everybody else, they, they got like a Taj Gibson or a Bobby <laughs> Portis or, or players that like maybe contending teams might be able to use for their playoff runs. Even um, Marcus Morris is like a one-year, $15 million deal. I'll be shocked if he's a Nick for the whole year. I think they're going to trade him and try to get assets for him at the deadline. That's a solid Oh, plan. yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's why Josh has his own podcast, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think Julius Randle was probably their best pickup uh, in the offseason. He's actually, if I had to build my starting five, whoever's current right now, he's on there. He's a great player. He's very, very efficient. He's a monster on defense for sure. Who do you think, like, what was the most underrated sign? Who's who's probably, as far as team goes, who do you think is probably the best kind of dark horse candidate of making a push? To me, it's, it's obvious. It's a Utah Jazz. Um, getting Mike Connolly, I don't, I don't think people realize how good Mike Connolly is. <laughs> uh, the Jazz are missing two things. They're missing good, very good point guard play, which Mike Connolly can bring, and outside shooting which is another thing Mike Connolly brings. And then they got Boyan Bogdanovich on top of it. So to me, the two most underrated transactions were both by the Jazz. And I really do think that they, I don't know if they're the best team in the West, but they're definitely contending to be the best team in the West because in my mind, they don't have a weakness now. That's true. But do you think they're really a dark horse? I mean, Caesars Palace has them winning 52 games. Yeah, I I do think they're a dark horse because I don't think the NBA world really takes it seriously to win a championship. I think... You have people who think they're going to have a good regular season but probably lose in the Western Conference Finals or maybe Western Conference Semifinals to someone like the Clippers or the Lakers or maybe even the Nuggets. But I really do think they can win the actual thing. And that's big to make it, I mean, make it through the whole Conference Finals for, for the West. I mean, yeah. It's crazy. The West is going to be crazy. Yeah, the West is going to be insane. Yeah. It, it, the, the crazy thing about the West, too, is that there's a bunch of new teams. Like, Paul George and Kawhi never really played with each other. No, AD and LeBron have to get used to each other. Russell Westbrook and Harden have to get used to each other. So it's going to be a bunch of teams experimenting. And we're really not going to know who the contenders are until I, I think the playoffs really start. It's going to be it's going to be really tough to tell. Yeah, that's a, that's a bunch of good points. I think for me, probably I would, I'm going to go with this one. This is my hot take. Here we okay. go. The Indiana Pacers are going to make oh. the Eastern Conference Finals. The final. Do not sleep on Indy. Oh, you I like, got. I like, I, like, I like it too. Malcolm Brogdon was a solid pickup. Mm-hmm. Now you have. The opportunity for Victor Oladipo to make some space. He can play off ball a little bit more. I'm trying to think who was their point guard before. For um, it was um, Darren Collison. Yeah, Darren Collison, but he's not there anymore. So that's going to give a uh, rise from Malcolm Brown. He's really going to grow after kind of setting the stage in that playoff push with the Bucks. But yeah, I think Indiana Pacers. And they got my they got my boy Jeremy Lamb from the Hornets. Yep, oh, man. Too soon. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, I, I really think they have a shot. I agree. 
I think they're a contender in the East. There's three teams I think that can win the East, and they're one of them in my mind. Nick, what do you think? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm definitely going to – I feel like any team to make it out of the East, yeah, there's there's a couple teams that come to mind for me. So the East would definitely be easier to, to go. But Dark Horse, I'm not I'm not really too sure. I'm, I might go – I'm going to go Heat as of right now, based on last year. I, I think they might make a good playoff run top four, but I'd – I don't. I don't know if they would make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and then the Finals, but I mean, I think they might go pretty far. You do realize Dwayne Wade has retired, right? I realize, <laughs> but I think Jimmy Buckets, his uh, his little junior Dwayne Wade, can uh, can follow in his footsteps. <laughs> the heir to the crown of D Wade. Yeah, that's definitely a hot take there. What do you think? Take. What do you think uh, was the biggest surprise sign? Besides, okay, let's just go ahead and push Kawhi off the table. Kawhi yeah. and Paul George. We're not going to talk about that. Obviously, the Clippers won this. But... But who's the biggest surprise? That was actually my biggest surprise was Paul George to the Clippers. I mean, outside of that, it, it kind of went chalk. I mean, you know, we all knew AD was going to end up going to the Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. Currently, the Jazz was, was a trade. Every, everyone else just kind of fell into place. So, I mean, I, I know you don't want to do Paul George or, or, or Kawhi, but I, I feel like to me, Paul George was one of the biggest surprises ever. I mean, I, I don't think anyone saw that coming because I knew right. he was on the table. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he hasn't I'm really talked sure. about it since he got to the Thunder. Like, he was. Yeah. Pretty, it seemed pretty happy where he was, so. Yeah. But then he got a better offer. <laughs> For me, I think the biggest surprise, and this is, I don't know if this is just some like internal battle going on in my head, but I always think of the free agency. Here's the, here's the top two points. The Clippers just dominated. And then right. Ricky Rubio to the Suns? <laughs> what in the world? I'm yeah. so confused, and I, I'm sure I've lost sleep over this. I don't know if he's chasing checks. I don't, I'm sure as heck not chasing um, wins, that's for sure, especially in the West. Yeah, uh, they we'll see. definitely is ch- chasing a check. I, I don't understand <laughs> that either. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say I'll say D'Angelo Russell to the Warriors, so that kind of surprised me. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty surprising. Because there was other teams that were uh, looking for him, and um, I didn't think he'd go back to the Nets, but I didn't think the team of the Warriors would offer the amount of money they did, so I'll nominate that one. What do you think of the Warriors' GM saying that they didn't, they're didn't? they not going to dump him as soon as Clay gets better? Do you think... I, I have a feeling they're going to dump... Like, he's going to get less minutes, and, and then he's going to want to leave. Yeah, that's going to be a very tough situation for D'Angelo, because once Clay comes back, there's really no spot for him. I mean, he, you're going to have to bring him off the bench. He's going to have to leave that second unit, and you're not going to... The amount of money he's getting, you're not going to pay that to a person who's coming off of your bench. So I do think they have plans to trade him, even though, they, even though they're probably not saying that right now. Yeah. I think with that, I think shifting Clay to a small forward and giving D'Angelo that shooting guard spot and then just play small ball with Willie Coll- Will Cauley-Stein, uh, I think, I mean, obviously on paper, it obviously looks good, but I don't know. I, I, dis- I distinctly remember watching Clay play some post moves in the finals. And I was like, dang, okay, <laughs> go Clay. Um, but I, I really don't know. I, I thought for a long time D'Angelo was going to just be traded immediately because, like you said, with the Knicks, they were just kind of getting pieces for whatever they could. The NBA is absolutely crazy now. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Nick, what was your biggest surprise? So recently, it's not like huge. Thinking more like not as big-name players, I was thinking Brogdon Bender. I thought he would go to the Mavs just because there's that solid foreign players right there. He's friends with Luka. Yeah. I thought... Maybe, I mean, Mavs know something that the rest of the league doesn't know and, and just get all the foreign players, but 
that didn't happen. So. <laughs> Just turned into a Euro League yeah. based in uh, Dallas. Why not? Oh, yeah, they're the, they're the Europe maps. They're not even Dallas anymore. They're just Europe. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Bring back Derek. <laughs> yeah, Derek, come back as a coach. I'm sure Mark would be all for that. Yeah. I'm all for that. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, get that international market in. I'm sure Adam Silver would love that. <laughs> Josh, did you get a chance to look at the over-under for season? Yes, yes. Are there any surprises off that list? Um, the ones I were kind of surprised at, uh, not too many, but I think the Sixers were a little low, maybe because I'm really high on them. They have them Whoa. At- what? <laughs> you think they were low? I think the Sixers could win high 50s this year, yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. I-, I, sense, I sense you disagree. No, I just... Well, I guess it... <laughs> Let me clarify. Excuse me. I think it could work. Okay. I also think it's going to be a really slow team. <laughs> and I don't so. know if everyone else can keep up. Because those are some big guys. Yeah, they, but I, I feel like they covered all the bases well. I think they got Josh Richardson from Miami. He's very underrated because he played in Miami. No one really knows about him. Uh, defensively, they're going to be very hard to score on with Horford and Joel Embiid clogging up the middle. Ben Simmons is a very good perimeter defender. And I'm banking on the fact that Jim Ben Simmons actually developed some sort of jump shot. I mean, a little bit of a jump shot, maybe. And uh, I think they're the best team in the East right now, so I'm very high on the Sixers. Well, there was a video There's where a... he was working on his jump shot. I mean, it could just yeah. be one time, but hopefully hopefully it wasn't. Yeah, he, he needs to develop something because, I mean, if defenses can just sag off him in the half court, then it's going to cause some problems. But I do think he's going to have at least a mid-range next year. And if he has that, to me, they, they are really good at the Sixers. Yeah. That's true. That is very true. Josh Richardson is very, very underrated from Miami, yeah. especially for that kind of 3 and D. All right, I'm a little bit convinced. <laughs> I had the Pacers low as well. I think they won 50 games last year without Oladipo. It's like, how, how could you add Oladipo, Jeremy Lamb, and, and these players, and you, you think they're going to have a worse year than they had last year? I think they're one of the better teams in the East, so Pacers at 47.5 is very low to me. Yeah. Oladipo's I, not I supposed to come back until, like, after Christmas, from what I've heard, so... Okay. Hopefully, I mean, they'll just kind of have to, like, carry the team until he gets back. But I, I think the rest of the team is more than capable of doing that. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I mean, last year, they, they didn't, like, really stagger without him. They weren't better, but they were still one of the better teams in the East without him. So I still think they'll be able to hold water, at least. Yeah. I will say this about Victor Oladipo. He ruptured his quad tendon, and that's big in that explosiveness that mm-hmm. players need. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting, especially because he's obviously right-hand dominant, and that was his right knee. Um, so it's going to be – we'll see how that goes. But I'm still a Pacers fan. I'm going to hop on the main bike. All right. <laughs> why not? <laughs> well, hashtag why not. Shout out, Russ. <laughs> Nick, did you get a chance to look at that? Yeah, what I'm do looking you think? at it right now. Um, I don't know. Warriors, 47. I'm a little upset about that. I'm, I'm also a bandwagon fan, Josh, um, just so you know. Warriors, so – but but in okay. the West, and then the East, I have the Hornets, um, and twenty four with that. I feel like yeah, that's kind of kind of sad, but kind of fair. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's okay, guys. I can rebuild. Cry. It's a rebuild. It happens. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a Knicks fan, so I I mean I can I can empathize. <laughs> yeah, you relate. <laughs> yeah. You relate. But honestly, I mean the Knicks have been kind of the butt of the joke for a while. You know yeah. what I mean, why why can't they attract players? I, I'm asking for a friend because he may, or may not be a Hornets fan. <laughs> Why can't the Knicks attract uh, players or the Hornets? The Knicks, because I have a feeling it might be the same. Yeah, well, the owner for the Knicks, more or less, and then the atmosphere at the front office is just a joke. 
uh, <laughs> it's just why would you want to play for the Knicks? I'm a Knicks fan, and I don't. I wouldn't want to play for the other team stolen. To be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah, yeah. He's he's unfortunately made a lot of uh, headlines. Yeah, too many. I think the biggest thing for me with the Hornets is I'm trying to wrap my head around why Michael Jordan, the goat, and probably two thirds of the NBA's minds can't attract or can't keep rather um, star players. I just don't get it. I understand it's a small market, but in my opinion, small markets don't exist. If you're a great player, the sponsorships, the deals, they'll find you. Look at Russ in Oklahoma City. I mean, Uh come on, that's that's a small market. Anthony Davis in New Orleans, small market. The Hornets, Kimball Walker, he's got loads of deals when he was in um, Charlotte, and I'm sure he still has them now. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. And from what I know about the Hornets and their contract situation, like they, they're just giving money to people who don't deserve <laughs> that much money. I know Frank Kaminsky's on a kind of weird deal. And I, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah, Batum's another one. So you, there's a lot of money tied up with Charlotte. And I mean, now you're not paying Kemba. But uh, you have to free yourselves of these contracts before you can offer superstars some type of money. Because I personally, you know, being someone who, you know, I'm not – I want to say I grew up in New York, but I do like the brand. I think the brand of the Charlotte Hornets is really cool. Like, I love their uniforms. I love the vibe. I love Buzz City. I, I, and I like the brand that Charlotte brings to the NBA. So uh, I, I don't see why they would have too much trouble. Um, I've never been to Charlotte, so I don't know what type of city it is. But at the end of the day, like you said, Oklahoma City was a was a hot spot for a little bit because Russell Westbrook was playing there. It doesn't really matter. Yep. The Raptors. Do you all think that's way too high for them? 45 wins. I, I think the Raptors are actually going to be okay this year. They played well without Kawhi last year. So um, I, don't, I don't think they're championship level, but I do think they could probably make the playoffs as a 6, 7, or 8 seed. Yeah. I think that's just about right. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's 45 is a pretty solid number for them. But they, they haven't re-signed Jeremy Lin either. <laughs> I know you're really <laughs> upset about that game. <laughs> I am. I am. That's another thing that confuses me. Bring him back to Charlotte. <laughs> bring him back. <laughs> I'm all for it at this point. Maybe we can somehow trade Gary Terry away and keep Jeremy Lin. I forgot you guys signed Gary Terry. That, that's one of the contracts I'm talking about. Terry yeah. is really good, but I don't know if he's that much. Like he's not worth that much to me. He's not. Yeah. Spoiler alert: He's not. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the NBA in general, there's been a lot of talk. Of, there's some things that might be changing coming up with the 75 year anniversary. Um, I want to kind of propose a question to you, Josh. If you were to become the commissioner, the big commish, you've just replaced Adam Silver, you're going into this, this off of this huge offseason uh, with all these players changing teams, like, what's your first move? What, do you change the NBA in general? Uh, do you change the way things are structured? Like, what do you do? Well, first, the first thing I do, I, I, it probably has nothing to do with rules and regulations, but I would put a team in Seattle. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I think Seattle deserves a team. I mean, they lost the Sonics. And I, I would put something there and maybe even like try another international market. Like maybe try Vancouver again. I don't know what happened there, but I, I feel like they want to expand the NBA, make it more of an international brand. I think seeing Toronto win this year shows that Canada is interested in the NBA, uh, something like that. As far as like rules and regulations, I, I, th- I think, you know, I think something has to change with the max contracts. Something's off there. I, I don't know exactly what I would do, but they did a lot of those things trying to keep 
homegrown players in the same spot, and then you see players like Anthony Davis and Gordon Hayward and Kawhi leaving their original places. It's like, all right, this isn't working. And in fact, it's just making more super teams. I think it had the reverse effect in the original time. I just became your biggest fan because I am, I totally agree with Max Contracts. Yeah. I have, I don't know what I would do with them, but, or how to change them, but I would throw them out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my soapbox, so I'm going to go ahead and get it out. I'll get it. It's on the ground, and I'm going to step on it. Here we go. The first thing, the first player I think of when I think of Max Contract is Andrew Wiggins. Oh, wow. And how he has not performed. My biggest thing, and here's what I think about Max Contracts in general. They're really, really good at, um, and this is where you and I kind of disagree. They're really good at inspiring loyalty for at least that period while the Max Contract is there. They're not going to ask for a trade, blah, 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 blah. But it does not reward performance. I think there should be some sort of incentivized kind of clause, whatever you want to call it, in that max contract to keep these players motivated, to keep them not just chasing checks, but to actually like perform. Because I mean, when it when it comes down to it, Andrew Wiggins, that team should have made it to the the I, I would argue the Western Conference Finals almost every single year. They have such a great team on paper and when they play. It just doesn't make sense to me why, like, some nights he can show up for 40-point games, and other nights he can somehow manage to net negative 40. So, man, I like you, Josh. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, like, it's the super match, right? So, like, if, say, like, in Gordon Hayward or Kawhi or AD's case, they could have gotten more money by staying with their teams. But instead, what happens is they go to a different team and they end up giving that different team a discount because that different team can't offer them as much. So it's it's working in reverse. I, I get what you're saying. It's, and the incentives thing, I didn't even think of that. That's a, that's a really good point because once you get your money, you kind of just... Nick, you had a good idea um, for the NBA. Why don't you share that one? Are you talking about my playoff idea? Yeah. Yeah, so I think um, if I was commissioner, I'd, cha- I'd restructure the playoffs. So I would have... We'd still have eight teams uh, make the playoffs in, in the East and eight in the West. We'd rank them one through eight, but instead of like the one team in the West playing the one team in the in uh, the eight team in the West, you would have the one team in the East play the one team in the West all the way down two play two, three play three, so on. And then at the end, you would have the one team of whatever conference wins, um, say the East, playing the eight team in whatever conference wins. So it could be a one team in the East playing an eight team in the West. Um, all the way down so kind of like even things out especially right now with the way the west is and then how weak the east is in comparison so i think, I think that was so kinda easy. just as, a, as an example so this year what you're saying if the bucks were the one seed they would play who was the one seed? the warriors yeah so it would be the bucks and the warriors i'm oh, sorry the nuggets, you're right so it would be the bucks and nuggets in the first round yeah bucks nuggets and i say maybe five five games maybe seven i don't know we'll have to figure that out but yeah, the Bucks would play the Nuggets, and then the who is the the Magic play? Who's the eight seed in the West? It, uh, I don't remember actually. It's bad. I don't remember the Spurs. Okay, yeah, the Spurs. So, and, and they just they play each other five games, seven games, and then let's say the I mean the Raptors let the Raptors win, and then the Spurs. So the Raptors and Spurs could could be playing, or or I mean the Raptors that's could it. be playing the Magic in the finals. Like <laughs> that, you know what that, that that makes it so that um. Teams like the Magic have actually a chance to win the championship. Yeah, if that's what, if that's what your goal is. But the thing is, I think the only critique I would have it's like if I'm going into watching that, for me, like the Bucks Warriors could be a potential 
NBA Finals. Why would I want to see that in the first round? But yeah. if, if you kind of want to even out the playoffs, if you want to, like, let's just say, like, you're a Hornets fan, and the Hornets get a 17, you, as a Hornets fan, you're like, you know what? If we win our first round matchup, we actually have a chance at this. So I, I think it gives, like, lower heat. Yeah, like that. that's a good point. And I guess you'd have to rank them too. So, so like the NBA would get more viewership and maybe have like start with the eight seeds playing each other and then work your way right. up. So that way, like viewership is up and and that way it does still seem like the, the one teams are more like the one seed and should be treated like that. But yeah, and I wonder like just... how how would they slack? Would teams slack off as much then, or would they would there still be much of a playoff haul because like. If they know they're the eighth seed and they still have a chance in playing, you know, they can make it a little easier than having to go all the way through the playoffs. I don't right, know. If anything, the number one seed would start to slack off. Yeah, so you start. Yeah, you, you start resting players. I feel like the Warriors would start resting players. But, but to your point, like a team like the Heat who missed out on it like last year, or some teams that like in the nine or ten position, they might say, "All right, you know what? We might tank now because." We're going to get the eight seed at best, and we're going to lose in the first round. Now they might not do that. They might say, you know what? Let's get the eight seed. We actually have a little bit, of, which is the chance of making the second, third round of the playoffs. Yeah, that's a very interesting idea. <laughs> I've, uh, I've sent Adam Silver a message on Instagram. I'm still waiting for him to reply. So <laughs> one day, one day. Well, you took his job, so it doesn't matter. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it all works out. So this this next question is a little bit difficult. Who would be uh, and we'll start with Nick on this one. Who would be your ideal starting five of all current players? They're all healthy. All right. I have Steph Curry, of course, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Steven Adam. Um, Steven Adam is more of just a mustache thing and flow. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's funny. Josh, who's on yours? All right. So mine is just basically I picked five guys who I think would just play very well together. So I have Steph. Uh, at the point guard, and then I have Clay. I like my backcourt's just the Warriors. Um, nice. I have LeBron as my three. I have KD as my four, and Anthony Davis as my five. So basically, like, <laughs> I mean, up until I guess just recently, it would just would have been like three Warriors and two Lakers. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> to me, it's like you you give LeBron, you surround LeBron with shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, AD is defense is a beast defensively. He can play inside and outside, so he's not going to clog the lane for LeBron. None of these players get in each other's way, and I feel like defensively they can. They can more than hold their own. I mean, Steph might be a little bit of a weak link there, but he's even not that bad defensively. So they're just going to hit threes nonstop. They can score from anywhere, and they can guard you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, Steph doesn't really need to play defense with that, that lineup right yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> For me, I got Kimball Walker on point with Clay Thompson, and then Giannis, Julius Randle, and then the Joker from Denver Nuggets. Ah, nice. Yeah. So with me, the way I chose mine, um, I, I definitely wanted shooters, but I also wanted people who were going to be super efficient. So with Giannis, Clay, um, I mean, honestly, all these guys, they're they're very very efficient. And then you also have kind of like that defensive standpoint as well with Giannis, Clay, and Julius Randle. I think Clay is an enormously underrated defensive player. He's a monster. He's scary. He's yeah. He's fantastic defensively. If Draymond wasn't on the team, I think he'd get more love because Draymond is also, you know, mm-hmm. a great defender as well, and he can take some slack off of Clay. But Clay's one of the best perimeter defenders. Absolutely. Um, speaking of Draymond, how long do you think he'll stay with the Warriors? I don't know. I mean, I I thought they were going to try to get rid of him. Like watching the games last year and how he was clashing with Durant and 
you know, how he was kind of causing havoc in that organization, but he had a really good playoff run. And now that the team kind of shifted a little bit, I, I think they kind of need him. You know, they need his defensive intensity because they're not as good as defensively like they were last year. And then he's going to bring a dynamic to the offense that I don't think you can replace. So I, I kind of think he's a little irreplaceable now for that team. I know it sounds weird, but I, I think they're going to try to keep him. Do you think they'll give him a max contract uh, at the end of this year? I think they might, which is weird because uh, as goes back to our other conversation, I, I'm not sure if he's deserving of a max. He's definitely deserving of, of money. But a max is to me should be reserved for superstars. I'm not sure if he's that, but I think they might offer him that. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he has the character to like refuse a max? <laughs> you know what? Probably. If he's not happy in Golden State, he could probably force his way out. But I do think he wants to stay there. Yeah, I think he does too. And you're actually the second person that said that they were going to try and trade him eventually uh, earlier in the year, at least. Uh, Nick told me that earlier. Um, I think this month, and I was like, no way. No yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, but, I thought, like, all, all that tension, if you wanted to keep the star player that Kevin Durant is, you definitely needed to trade Draymond and yeah. in hopes of re-signing Kevin Durant, but they weren't Yeah, listening. 100% correct. If Kevin Durant was still a warrior, there's no way they would keep Draymond. Yeah. But now, plans have changed. I mean, they need they need defensive presence, and they need some other dynamic on offense, and I, I think that's what he brings. Yeah. And he's not kicking people in the crotch anymore, so that's always a <laughs> So I don't know if that's stopped. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to stop. It might have stopped this year, but it might it might come back. Well, yeah, now that, that Kevin Durant's gone, he's got to bring his strategy back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're rounding out the interview. Here we go. What is your hot take, Josh Rodriguez? That goes back to my um, over-under thing. I really do think Ben Simmons is like going to be a dark horse MVP candidate. And I know... Whoa! Yeah, I think he's that good. I think if he develops a jump shot, he can potentially be top three player in the league. I think he's that good. He can play defense. He's phenomenal in the open court, finding people. He gets rebounds. So the only thing that's missing from his game is a consistent jump shot. And if he gets that, to me, I mean, look out. And I, I that's coming from someone who does not like the city of Philadelphia or any of their sports teams. So... <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say that. Like, that's a hot take. I know it's a hot take, uh, but that's what I'm rolling with. So you're saying he's going to win both MVP and Rookie of the Year this coming year? <laughs> yes, he's going to win his, his third Rookie of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more, of a dark, that's more of a hot take than anything. <laughs> For me, my hot take, really looking at the playoffs, and I know I have a lot of hot takes here, but I think the Pistons are going to make a huge playoff push. We're going to okay. be really, really surprised with the addition of Derrick Rose and the combination of Andre Drummond with Blake Griffin. I think that those two, um, Griffin and Drummond, they haven't really played with a good point guard up there. I mean, did they have Ish Smith, Reggie Jackson? Yeah. Forget it. Um, but with Derrick Rose, I think he's really starting to get his stride back. Um, and I think for him, it was more of a kind of a mental game almost and after that 50 point game he really started to kind of show out and show off which kind of surprised me that he didn't stay with the Timberwolves but I guess he kind of didn't want to be there who knows we'll ask him when we interview him (laughs) but yeah I think it's kind of like a almost like a Lob City 2.0 I I think it could happen I like it I think the Warriors are still going to make it pretty far in the in the Western Conference I'm going to say third seed um followed by Trailblazers fourth seed, and they're going to be battling it out actually for that third seed. That's what that's what I think. I think when Clay gets back, uh, D'Angelo's going to stay, and they're going to move like like we were talking earlier. They're going to move Clay to that small forward, and I think I think he's a pretty unselfish player, so I think he'll be happy to do that. So so right now, and I'm just looking at the over under. Um, right now, if the playoffs started with these win totals, the Warriors would be seventh, which is pretty wild. It is wild. 
I mean, but they're missing Clay most of the year. I feel like if Clay were here uh, here to start, I feel like uh, when they just said, I, I do think they're a top three, four team in the West. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they yeah, they lost KD, but this team has won championships without KD. So oh yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people underestimated the Warriors this year. They also added a very underrated center, that being Willie Cauley Stein. Oh, because <laughs> that's how underrated he is. I was like, oh, yeah, who did they sign? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's a good one. That's a good hot take. Oh, it is. All right. Well, that's we're going to wrap up the podcast here. Josh, it's been great having you. You brought a lot of hot take. Once you're... again, one of my favorite speakers now. You brought up the max contract. <laughs> no one else has brought it up except me. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Thanks awesome. for being on here. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of Cardboard Box Seats. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CBBS Podcast. While you're there, you can send, on, send us a message with any of your hot takes and give you a shout-out on the show. Make sure you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on our heart radio now, too. Um, while you're there, give us a rating. Let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like, what you wish we could do different. Um, yeah, feel free to give us a shout-out or reach out to us about anything you want uh, mentioned on the show. Thanks for listening.